morning, everyone. Good to be with you here this morning. I'm glad to see you all. Always a good opportunity. I always appreciate the opportunity to share the word with you. And uh, praying that this morning as we study the word together, that it will be an encouragement to you, but also a challenge. As Every time you open the word, it's a challenge to me because um, God holds us accountable for it. And with God's help, we're to obey it and live by it and apply it. Well, Noah Webster, in his original dictionary compiled in 1828, defines trust this way. To place confidence in, to rely on, to commit to the care of. Of course, there's a lot of levels of trust. Here at Lakeside, there's many babies born every year. And when a baby grows up and becomes an infant, it's interesting as parents and grandparents watch and marvel as that baby girl or baby boy responds when they stand for the first time and they hear, come to mama or go to daddy. And they trust those are good instructions. They take that first step and that's always questionable whether they go forward, sideways, or twaddle around, all kinds of things can happen, but they respond to it because they trust the person telling them, come to mama or go to daddy. Those are the most common ones I've heard. Another level of trust is in this story about a tightrope walker named Blondin. This was back in 1860. Blondin had a huge crowd watching him walk across on a tightrope at Niagara Falls. One little boy, his age was six, was transfixed and he just stared in amazement as Blondin would walk on the tightrope across Niagara Falls. After a second successful crossing, Blondin asked the little boy, Do you believe I could take a person across in a wheelbarrow without falling? The boy excitedly said, I sure do, sir. Blondin replied, well, then get in. (laughs) That would take a great deal of trust, wouldn't it? Scripture tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Psalm 37.3 shares, Trust in the Lord and do good. Well, when circumstances in life overwhelm us, with ongoing family issues, or Hurricane Adelia is coming our way, or when that dependable car breaks down again, or an unexpected medical bill hits us and the hot water heater blows up, who do we put our trust in? This morning we're going to look at an example of one man putting his total trust in God. Join me in Psalm 56. Psalm 56, and here we will find four clear steps to trusting in God alone. Four clear steps to trusting in God alone. Psalm chapter 56, all 13 verses. And we begin here in verse 1. 
Be gracious to me, O God, for man has trampled upon me. Fighting all day long, he oppresses me. My foes have trampled upon me all day long, for they are many who fight proudly against me. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? All day long they distort my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They attack. They lurk. They watch my steps as they have waited to take my life. Because of wickedness, cast them forth. And anger, put down the peoples, O God. You have taken account of my wanderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. In God whose word I praise. In the Lord whose word I praise. In God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Your vows are binding upon me, O God. I will render thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Indeed, my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk before God in the light of the living. Before we look at uh, these verses, let's pray. Father God, we just prepare our hearts before you to allow your Holy Spirit to teach us through your word. Pray that you give me the words to speak, that I share it clearly. And that, Lord, uh, as your word penetrates our hearts, may we live out what you're teaching us this morning. Thank you for the Psalms. Thankful we can learn from all of your word. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would apply these verses to our lives today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before looking at uh, these four steps to trusting God alone, we need to understand a little background to this psalm. This psalm is titled A Mittam of David, while the Philistines seized him in Gath, which historically is described in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Gath, of course, was the birthplace of Goliath and his brothers and was one of the five royal cities of the Philistines. Originally, the city was the home of the legendary Anakim, a race of giants, according to Joshua 11. This psalm is the second of two golden psalms, the first being Psalm 41. And it's designated as a golden psalm because both of these psalms share the life of faith that David lived. As this psalm was written, it's good to know some things about David and his situation. First, he was alone and no one was with him. No one to fellowship with. No company, no army. And that's one thing that we enjoy here at Lakeside, the fellowship. Where we can share not only our prayer requests, but the answers to prayer. But he had no one. He was alone physically. Second, David was desperate. As David is in Gath, that's Goliath's home city, filled with the giant's brothers and relatives. David's trying to get away from King Saul, who was pursuing and trying to kill him. David is so desperate, he makes a decision 
to risk being spotted in an enemy city to get away. Do we ever make bad decisions when we're desperate? Don't have to raise your hand. I know we all have. Third here, David was afraid. He was spotted in Gath, and it was reported to its governor, Achish, and that's described in detail in 1 Samuel 21. So with all of this in background, to understand this psalm, we come to the four steps in trusting God alone. And we come to the first one. Step number one, go to God first. Go to God first. Look with me again at verses 1 and 2. Be gracious to me, O God, for man is trampled upon me. Fighting all day long, he oppresses me. My foes have trampled upon me all day long, for they are many who fight proudly against me. David right away goes to the Lord first and he cries out for grace. Be gracious to me, O God. David asked God for a free and spontaneous willingness to bestow good on him because he doesn't have any. He's destitute of it. Asking for a kindness and compassion in God showering his favor, his mercy, his pity. How often do we cry out for God's grace? Those days when everything seems to fall apart. All the bills come the same day. The washer starts eating clothes instead of washing them. The kids or grandkids didn't sleep good. And that expired can of soup hits us in the gut. Hebrews 4.16 shares, Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why does David need God's grace? We read on. It says, For they've trampled upon me, fighting all day long. He oppresses me. My foes have trampled upon me all day long. For they are many who fight proudly against me. People are coming out of the woodwork, so to speak. They have been trampling on David. It means to tread underfoot, to stomp on. Used in Psalm 57, 3, where it says, He will send from heaven and save me. He reproaches him who tramples upon me. God will send forth his loving kindness and his truth. When we cry out to the Lord, he already knows the situation we're in, doesn't he? But why do we cry out to him? Because we need his help. We can't handle it. We sometimes think, well, Lord, I'll try to do it. And if I get desperate, I'll call to you. But as David is doing here, he's getting trampled on and he's saying right away, I'm going to God. Because I know he's there, that he will help me. When Peter was drowning after he was walking on water toward Jesus and he started to sink when he took his eyes off Jesus and he cried out, help, what did Jesus do? Well, Peter, you blew it. Too bad. That's the end of your life. 
He went over and grabbed them, and together they walked over to the boat. And I bet all those other disciples are saying, wow, wow, God rescued him right there when he cried out for help. He cries out. When we cry out for help, he's always there. He will send from heaven and save me. He reproaches him who tramples upon me. That word trample means underfoot. Fighting means to war against. Visualizing now soldiers and citizens of Gath who oppose David. All day long, no letting up. This wasn't just one time. The Philistines were continually opposing him. Psalm 42.7 shares deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. In Psalm 43.2, for you are the God of my strength. Why have you rejected me? Why do I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? God is there. I love to go to Psalm 139 and read and read and reread it because God knows the situation we're in, but He wants us to cry out to Him first. Not try to handle it on our own and then turn to God, but go to Him right away. Has anyone ever been oppressed or squeezed hard in life, whether at work? Or at a social gathering when our beliefs are made fun of? Or we're being laughed at? You ever go to a family reunion and you're trying to share the gospel with someone and they laugh at you? And say, I don't believe that garbage. How do we react to that? Verse 2 here reminds us that David is being trampled and squeezed all day long, never lets up. I recall several years ago of a missionary in Pakistan named Jonah whose name, picture, and address was put in the local newspaper and it said whoever kills him will be honored. How would you like that if we saw our picture in the paper? But yet he continued to share the gospel with those around him. In the midst of overwhelming circumstances, David goes to God first, just like we should. God is not our last resort, but our first resource. The Psalms remind us numerous times. Psalm 23.1 says, The Lord is whose shepherd? My shepherd. Psalm 27.1, The Lord is what? My light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? And then Psalm 46, 1. The Lord is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. God's always there. He doesn't take vacation. Doesn't use up the time at the end of the year so he doesn't lose that time. God is there 24-7 every second of every day. And we are as children adopted in his family because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice upon the cross. As part of his family, God will never desert us. He will never forsake us. One inmate who's serving time in Georgia named Julius put it this way. He shares, Lord, I need to talk to you for direction and for guidance. My life seems to be at a standstill. I'm so lost and I 
need finding. Make me lie down in green pastures. Lead me beside the still waters. I need you to take control of my life for the sake of my son and daughter. You alone know what's best for me. I need your grace and mercy. Protect me from the evil one and the wicked when they try to hurt me. Cleanse me thoroughly inside and out. Wash me in your blood. I know you will never forsake me or separate me from your love. I need to worship you because you deserve all the praise. I need your forgiveness daily for all my sinful ways. You are my Lord and Savior, the way, the life, the truth. At the end of the day, bottom line, all I need is you. As I said, Julius Lofton is serving time in Georgia behind bars. But he wrote that from his heart. And I think we can all relate to that. Now we come to step two, to trusting God alone. And that is, have confidence in God alone. Have confidence in God alone. This is shared in verses 3 and 4 and then repeated in 10 and 11. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? And then we go to verses 10 and 11. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? When should we have confidence in God alone? It says when I'm afraid, when I'm apprehensive. And I'm sure no one else here is ever afraid or apprehensive. But I battle that and we're told here to go to God alone. Are we ever afraid? When a close friend or a family member dies, a child runs away from home, a hurricane approaches... Or we get a phone call at two in the morning. There's many, many opportunities to be afraid. But we read on, verse 3, it says, When I am afraid, what? I will put my trust in you. David repeats this in in verse 4, In God I have put my trust. Verse 11, In God I have put my trust. It's repeated. Why? Because we need to keep telling ourselves that. Right? Because it's those times when it's easy to go another direction. It's easy to say, Well, God is not going to listen to me anyway. We need to be reminded over and over again because that's not the common thing we do, but as believers... We need to remind ourselves, in God I will put my trust. When those frightening situations come, we need to repeat that over and over. And sometimes we need to reach out to a brother or a sister who can remind us. We're one body in Christ. And we all have important roles, but one thing we can all do is encourage one another. We can exhort each other. And sometimes spiritually, it means going to a brother or sister and help them to stay standing because they're falling down. I know I have to do that. And I praise God I have brothers and sisters that I can share with 
and know they're praying for me. Psalm 9 verse 10 says, And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. There's a song entitled Confidence by a Christian group that I think is a good reminder. You know, really, we're helpless, aren't we? God says, I'm not going to throw in the towel on you because you're my son, you're my daughter. I will always be there for you. But this song just has a few words I want to share with you. And again, I will not try singing it. I'm not a warrior. I'm too afraid to lose. I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to. But Lord, with your strength, I've got no excuse because broken people are exactly who you use. So give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den. Give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. Give me a heart like David. Lord, be my defense so I can face my giants with confidence. You took a shepherd boy and made him a king, so I'm going to trust you and give you everything. I'll be a conqueror because you fight for me. I'll be a champion claiming your victory. So give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den. Give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. Give me a heart like David. Lord, be my defense so I can face my giants with confidence. Our confidence comes from him. Nowhere else. And I know I have to be reminded of that many times a day. Verse 4 tells us, In God whose word I praise. Praise literally here means to give forth a clear and distinct loud sound. This phrase is used three times here and two times in verse 10. It's okay to say, Thank you, Lord. Not, Thank you, Lord. And praise him loudly. The last phrase of verse 4 What can mere man do to me? When we put our total trust and confidence in the creator of the universe who is greater than all, what can man do to us? If we are truly a son or daughter, a believer, and they kill us, where are we going? That better than here? It's in the presence of our Savior for eternity. We're ushered through heaven's gates to be with the Lord forever. The member of the Apostle Paul who went through a lot, he struggled with this, whether to be on earth and continue the ministry here or to be in heaven. And he struggled. But God said, I, I need you here for until the time that I call you home. It's the same thing with us. God wants us here on this earth to be a testimony for Him as long as that time is here. Only God knows when it is. He could call any one of us home today. Or we could have the rapture and we all go up together. Wouldn't that be amazing? Amen. And the bottom line comes down to this. Where are we laying up our treasures? Every day. We're saying, Lord, aren't you going to be impressed with this big pile of junk I've got over here? Isn't that great? Mine's an inch taller than that other person. I'm going to make it another inch higher. That doesn't impress God. 
Obedience to Him impresses. That's what God wants us to be doing. Obey Him. Obey His Word. Our third step in learning to trust in God alone is shared in verses 5 through 9. And that is put our hope in God. Put our hope in God. Beginning of verse 5. All day long they distort my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They attack, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited to take my life because of wickedness, cast them forth. In anger, put down the peoples, O God. You have taken account of my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. Put our trust, put our hope in God. While all these vicious attacks were continuing and going David's way, the attackers, they were distorting, they were twisting David's words, they were thinking evil toward him, they were attacking as they'd stir up strife, they lurked, they were hiding in order to ambush him, they were looking for opportunities to get to David and lay in wait to kill him. And again, it's not just happening once, but all day long, they want to get rid of David. All of us have moments in our lives similar to David's situation, but not continual attacks. David's oppression never lets up. And in these verses 7 to 9, David expresses his hope in God alone as he cries out that God judge the enemies for their wickedness. According to Hebrews 10.30, we read, For we know Him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. It's a common human reaction that we want to get back at somebody. God says, I see it. It didn't get past me. I will take care of it. And sometimes it's hard for us to let back and not get into that human reaction outside of God. We need to let God take care of it. In the middle of all our trials, according to verse 8, God is there. God was with Daniel in the lion's den. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they were cast into a fiery furnace so hot that those throwing them in were burned alive. Peter, while he waited on death row, God was there. Silas and Paul, while they were in prison, what were they doing? Moaning and saying, oh, poor us, we're in prison. What were they doing? They were singing. (laughs) That song was from the Lord. And that was a witness to those others. And they could have escaped. They could have left, but they didn't because they knew God was with them. Here at Lakeside, we have our weekly prayer list so we know how and who to pray for. Plus here in Faith Builders, we have our small prayer groups where we can share trials and we can share triumphs as well. Enemies of God and enemies of us who are believers in Him, God will turn them back because He is sovereign. Amen? Is He sovereign today? Everything going on in America is God's sovereign. David relates that, lets us know his hope is in God alone. 
And then the end of verse 9, he says, This I know that God is for me. Do we need to know that? You ever have those days where we just need that reminder? The word know means to come to the knowledge of with certainty, God is for me. David knew that as a shepherd boy as he guarded his father's sheep against bears and lions and other predators. David knew this as he faced a warrior giant named Goliath with a slingshot. We should know with certainty God is for us. When we know God is for us with certainty, we will have hope in Him alone. Elena, an inmate up the road at Lowell Correctional Institution in Ocala wrote this, Never give up. When struggles come your way and the tears you cannot hide, just know you're not alone. Jesus is always by your side. Sometimes we do not know why we go through the things we do, but always keep your faith in God because He will see you through. Hard times don't last forever. There is a rainbow after the rain. Our Savior loves us no matter what, and He'll take away the pain. Keep fighting the good fight of faith and pick your head up high. The next time you look up, you could see a rainbow in the sky. So even though it's hard sometimes, remember you're not alone. Jesus is with you always and forever, and He's coming back to take us home. Good to know, isn't it? We have God's Word we can study. And I don't know about you, but I like to go back to passages that I've studied and restudy them because I learn something new every time. God is always teaching us. The question is, are we listening? The fourth and final step in learning to trust God alone is shared in verses 12 and 13. And that is, thank God as we anticipate deliverance. Thank God as we anticipate deliverance. Verses 12 and 13. Your vows are binding upon me, O God. I will render thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death, indeed my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk before God in the light of the living. David shares God's vows are binding on him. Literally, David is saying, I'm under vows to you, O God. Vows are promises voluntarily given to do something. When we make promises in times of trouble, we should keep those promises. Too often we forget when God delivers us and we don't thank Him. Like the lepers in Luke 17, He healed how many lepers? Ten. And how many came back and thanked Him? One. We need to be the one. David is sharing confidence in God to deliver him like he did earlier in Psalm 34, verses 1 to 4. And we'll look back here and read those verses. 34, 1 to 4. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. 
I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. We should say amen to that. We should be rejoicing as God works in our lives. We need to remember to thank him. David remembers how God delivered him from death in Psalm 33:18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. It talks about here that David had his feet delivered, his feet from stumbling. David's feet and our feet from stumbling, falling, being pushed around, almost falling down, but God keeps us up. But God has a hold of Dennis and Carol and Debbie and Jesse and Rig, all of us here in Faith Builders. God has a hold of us so we don't stumble down and stay down. God's got us. Commentator McLaren shares this. The really living are they who live in Jesus. And the real light of the living is the sunshine that streams on those who thus live because they live in Him. I like that. A great picture. Pastor James Montgomery Boyce relates, If you really want to move out of your fear, despair, and loneliness and bask in God's sunshine, live looking upward always into the face of Jesus. Then will you find yourself saying firmly, In God I trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Walk before God means to go forth carefully in the light of the living. We have one opportunity to live on this earth for the Lord. And ministering to inmates at Pinellas County Jail was always a joy to share with them that even in jail, they can worship God by obeying His Word. Our final step in learning to trust God alone is thanking God for His deliverance because it will come. So how do we apply this psalm to our our lives today? When difficult, overwhelming, rough situations come our way, and they will, we must go to God first. Even with our complaints, because God loves us anyway. Secondly, even in our complaining, we can turn with confidence to God and put our trust in Him alone, because man can't do anything to us that God doesn't allow. God is in charge, not man. Thirdly, as God's children, He is for us. As God's children, He is for us. Fourth, be thankful to God because He will always deliver us, either by walking through heaven's gates when our time is up, or delivering us to continue to serve Him here on this earth. Either way. And finally, no matter what, no matter how we feel smothered with anxiety, worry and fear and overwhelmed with life, God is for us. He will deliver us as we put our trust in God alone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we're just in awe of your greatness. 
We can't thank you enough, Lord, for saving us. We can't thank you enough, Lord, for not giving up on us. May we surrender our hearts or day to you as you allow us to serve you here on this earth one day at a time. We're thankful we have the assurance of being in heaven with you forever. Thank you. Thank you for your love. And help us, Lord, with your grace and mercy to walk in a way that honors you today and every day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. Have a great week. Lord bless you.